What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conservative Network podcast. This is Pete. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Today, we're going to be talking about how new New York legislation will make it illegal for employers to threaten deportation on their employees, who happen to be illegal. How the Reproductive Health Act has already minimized the sentencing for a man who killed a pregnant woman, and how our great state is pushing for a wage increase for state prisoners. So, before we get into any of that, first off, if you're new to the show. Welcome. The Empire State Conservative Network podcast is for New York-based conservatives who are sick and tired of being neglected by local and state politicians. You're also probably tired of being treated like a leper by friends, family, co-workers, and people who are liberal in the state who think differently than you. And more often than not, it's just because they're ignorant and have no idea about politics or life in general. So let's get into the first topic of today. I'm going to kind of amp up in terms of seriousness, I guess. So for stars, let's talk about a wage increase for state inmates being proposed. So the Prison Minimum Wage Act would create the first inmate wage increase in decades. Senator Zellner Miri and Assemblyman Nick Perry, both Democrats, of course, proposed the bill. It creates a minimum wage of $3 an hour for an inmate doing volunteer work for a nonprofit organization. A spokesperson for Republican Senator Betty Little said the bill could be too costly. Senator Jim Tedesco, also a Republican, or Tedisco, excuse me, slammed the bill as well. He said, and I quote, any extra money should go into the pockets of law-abiding citizens, not lawbreakers. I agree, Senator Tedisco. We'll get into that in a second. Lawmakers say this isn't the right kind of expense, especially since Governor Cuomo announced that there's a $2.3 billion, with a B, budget shortfall due to more and more wealthy people who would owe exorbitant amounts in tax leaving the state. Look, this is, I mean, it kind of answered itself twofold. For starters, we are in a budget deficit. So where we're going to get the money to pay, I know it's only $3 an hour, and that's how liberals and people who are ignorant about these matters try and justify it. But literally, there are so many entitlement programs and benefits, even for prison inmates, that we as taxpayers pay for. We pay for these people to be in prison, which is kind of nuts. But I guess that's part of having a civilized society. You can maybe write that off and accept that that's one of the few services that the government provides that you're okay with. Now, the issue is paying them anything at all. Paying them $3 an hour, while it's not a lot, in prison, I've never been, hope you haven't either, but I'm sure many of you know people, I know people too, who have been to prison, some for extended periods of time, some for short stints, but still, they were in Gen Pop, and they were around uh, other people. They find ways to trade. Sometimes they trade pennies. Sometimes they trade cigarettes. They get their hands on stuff from the outside. Sometimes guards bring stuff in for them in exchange for certain types of favors if you get catch my drift. Things happen. That's not just in TV shows and movies. This stuff happens in real life. So giving them more money and incentivizing them, uh, obviously, yes, doing nonprofit work, volunteer work, that's nice. That's great. They're doing something productive with their time while they're in there. They're being, quote-unquote, rehabilitated by the state. But at the end of the day, Senator Tedisco hit it right on the head. Any extra money that we don't have, because again, we have a $2.3 billion budget deficit, any extra money we have should be going back 
to taxpayers. It shouldn't continue to be taken out of our hands and put into the hands of people who actually broke the law. His quote is 100% on point. I do not understand how anybody thinks that this is okay. We can feel bad for certain types of criminals, like young people who really mess up and they make a terrible mistake, but at the end of the day, they have to face consequences. They don't have to be given added perks from where they are. Being in a state or federal penitentiary here, there are some criminals who actually try to get back. They literally, they'll get out of prison, they'll do their time for whatever they did, and they'll shortly thereafter commit another crime to go back because at least there they get food they get shelter they don't have to worry too much about anything and depending on where they're being situated they can still continue drug use or whatever it is that they wound up in jail for so at the end of the day this is just pure and utter stupidity again another stupid thing being pushed forward by our state senate and sadly they have such a large majority that if this actually reaches the floor I'm sure it's going to pass. I mean, if the Reproductive Health Act passed and the DREAM Act passed and uh, SAFE Act 2 passed, I'm sure this will pass with flying colors. So more fun for what your taxpayer dollars are going to look forward to. Sending $3 an hour to inmates who are doing volunteer works for nonprofit. Just absolutely effing stupid. Now let's move on. So the second thing we were going to talk about today, it's going to be a shorter episode, we're going to try to make these a little shorter for you when we're doing individual, or it's just me and Evan talking. Anyway, the second thing we want to talk about today is that they are now looking to make it illegal to threaten deportation on illegals. So if you own a business in New York State, and the articles that I found make it seem like shady practices, and look, regardless of who you're hiring and who you're not, if you're hanging it over someone's head that, hey, we agreed that I would pay you five, ten dollars an hour, whatever the case may be, for you to do X, Y, Z for me. And because I know you're illegal, I know I can take advantage of you, and I know that depending on our pay schedule, whether it's daily, weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, I'm not going to pay you just because what are you going to do? Who are you going to complain to? Obviously, here in New York State, because we just had the DREAM Act passed, people are not going to be shunned nearly as much, they're not going to be reported to ICE nearly as often, because illegals are absolutely legally being incentivized to come here. If they can get here illegally, they can get past the southern border or wherever it is that they're coming in and they're able to get it, take advantage of free health care, free education, and a whole lot of stuff being paid on taxpayer dime. A lot of them too, because of their status and because ICE is still present here in New York State, they're trying to do stuff about that. I know I've spoken about how Laura Kern, the Nassau County executive in the county over from where I live here on Long Island, is trying, actually just had them removed from a state penitentiary and while they were just moved a quarter mile up the road they used to actually be in the prison so that if an inmate was processed and brought in and he or she was was part of a felonious crime and it turns out that they are illegal then guess what rather than waste taxpayer dollars on giving them room and board in the penitentiary they would just simply be deported that's a lot more cost effective for the for the locale for the state and overall for the entire country if that's how we handle it but no that's not how we're going to handle it so now they're making it illegal or that's at least being pushed by attorney general Letitia james i'm going to get to some quotes of hers and whatnot in a second and how this is actually going to work they're actually going to try and make it illegal for employers to threaten deportation to 
they're illegal immigrant employees. So let me read you a little bit from the article I found, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. So Attorney General Letitia James is proposing legislation to sharpen the language of an existing labor law, which bars employers from firing, threatening, penalizing, or otherwise discriminating against workers who report or blow the whistle on wage violations. James, James's legislation would expand the law's definition of retaliatory conduct to include threats regarding a person's immigration status. There you go. Employers violating the law could face up to three months in jail and a $20,000 fine, James's office said. She said, and I quote, New York State was built by immigrants and it has always stood proudly as a beacon of hope and opportunity no matter where you were born. If President Trump is going to demonize immigrants and unscrupulous employers are going to exploit them, we're ready to fight back against them. Look, again, President Trump is not demonizing immigrants. He is not even demonizing illegal immigrants. He just wants to secure the southern border. That has been what he has said since he was on the campaign trail leading up to the 2016 election. And obviously that's what the government shutdown that just happened, that that may happen again in a few days time if a resolution is not reached, may be over. Is border wall funding securing our border? getting certain funds allocated towards border patrol so that they can spend it as they see fit to secure the southern border and to ensure fewer and fewer illegal immigrants get into the country. That's all he wants. Any nation that has any semblance of sovereignty and that isn't a globalist nation, as we've seen in many parts of Europe where they've just let everybody in with the floodgates and they have upward attacks of, of you know, shootings, stabbings, uh, explosions, rape, like it's bad in certain parts of Europe because they've just welcomed everyone with open arms, little to no background checks, and no procedure whatsoever. They create their own enclaves, and it's not to say that you have to assimilate a thousand percent. I'm not that type of person when it comes to immigration, but I do believe you should come here illegally. You should be vetted by our immigration department, and if you're deemed to be a good person, you don't have any links to a terrorist organization or crime or anything like that, then come in. If you're willing to work hard and contribute, all the better. But I hate how the media and how even these Democratic politicians, whether it's at the federal level or with Letitia James here at the state level, tries to talk about him demonizing. He's not demonizing. He's just pointing out an issue that has been, pointing, that has been pointed out since Ronald Reagan. Literally every president since Ronald Reagan, including Ronald Reagan, has talked about this. In fact, they've all said like the same line, like we are we are a nation of immigrants, but we are a nation of laws. You know, Obama said that, Trump said that, um, W said that, and Clinton said that. So the last four presidents have all said that exact same line in one of their speeches in reference to illegal immigration. So all of a sudden, Trump is demonizing them because he's not a neocon. He's not an establishment politician. He's actually trying to get stuff done, and. The more you hear from people from other nations who do come here, like the situation in Venezuela, which we won't really get into, but long story short, Maduro, who turned that nation from the richest in South America to a socialist commune within 10 years, where people have to resort to eating their pets and invading local zoos to eat the animals there because they're so hungry and because the government has run that place into the ground. Because he's getting behind his opposition, I forget the guy's name, um, a lot of Venezuelans who have moved to the United States are now leaning towards supporting him because people open their eyes when they see this person is actually trying to do good for the country and even in terms of foreign policy for other countries. 
and he's continually shunned because it doesn't go with the mainstream media or the Democrats narrative. They want open borders. They want globalism. They want what's happened to Europe to happen here. I don't know why. I really don't know why, because the evidence, the writing on the wall is ex you just look across the ocean. You can see it. Seven, eight hour flight. You're in most parts of Western Europe that are experiencing these issues. I don't understand it. Anyway, getting back. So James's proposal comes after a maid at Trump's New Jersey golf club, of course, said a supervisor threatened her with deportation if she complained about allegedly abusive working conditions. The Trump organization said it investigated the woman's allegations that they are, quote, absolutely false. In New York, the state labor department has been using existing law to go after employers accused of immigration-related retaliation and discrimination. It's fining employers up to 10 grand and ordering them to pay victimized workers up to 20 grand in damages. Over the last three years, the Labor Department has imposed at least $250,000 in penalties and damages against employers for retaliation because of immigration status, according to Jim Rogers, the Deputy Commissioner for, work, for Worker Protection. Many offending businesses are in the service, agriculture, and construction industries. He said, and I quote, there is a flood of that kind of harassment in the workplace. We protect every single worker who works in New York, regardless of their citizenship or their documentation status. Everybody gets the same protections, but people don't know that and they live under a lot of fear. They are scared of ICE and they don't want to take any action that might anger an unscrupulous employer. So they ask us, please wait, I'm going to move next week. That never used to happen. <sighs> so again, getting back. <laughs> Our state legislators, Letitia James, the attorney general in this case is pushing for it, is looking to make it illegal to threaten deportation, to so much as threaten deportation to illegal immigrants. Now look, again, I don't care about documentation and status. I mean, I do, but in other words, I don't. If you're an employer, like a landscaper, and this isn't to be, uh, what's the word? This isn't to be stereotypical. This is just the common thing that a lot of illegals do. They, they stand outside of, you know, paint shops, Home Depots, things like that early in the morning. They get picked up on these big trucks by landscapers. They do the job, they do the route, they get paid at the end of the day in cash, and they go on the merry way and they do it all over again. That, that tends to be what happens. Some of them, they score actual gigs. But again, I mean, Again, up until it really, the DREAM Act is really, really instilled here in the state, they can't really put them on the books, so they have to pay them under the table in cash. They may just be a dependable employee. If you're an employer and you're stiffing your employees, regardless of their, of their immigration status, you're an asshole, plain and simple. But at the end of the day, if you do ever find out, let's say you didn't know, uh, one of your employees who is a legal immigrant and who has been working for you for many years says, oh, my cousin just moved to America. Can you give him a job? I know we need help with such and such. And he has some experience doing that. Okay, sure. And then you find out they're illegal. You know, obviously it's a heart-wrenching situation sometimes when you develop a relationship with these people. But if you ever find this out, you kind of are obligated as a citizen to report them to ICE. You kind of are. You don't have to, but you kind of are. And in this case, it's being made illegal to turn ICE towards illegal immigrants. I don't understand. That is what ICE is for. And AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, and a lot of these Democratic politicians, they want to abolish ICE. Why? Again, they want globalism. They want open borders. That's what they want. And having, having an agency like ICE enforcing immigration law all over the country does not help them accomplish that mission. It dissuades, though, obviously 
not as much, but it dissuades some from even attempting to come here because, again, even if they do get past Border Patrol, they do get into the country, they could at any time be pointed out by someone in their neighborhood, by an employer, and they can be deported. So this guy, um, Rogers, the Deputy Commissioner for Worker Protection, talking about how it shouldn't matter. It does matter. You're an agency being paid for by New York State taxpayer dollars. So if an actual legal New York State resident, an, an actual American citizen who's a New York State resident, is complaining about wage garnishments and things like that for no reason, that's one thing. Then you do your job. And you should do your job in that case. But on the other hand, you know, again, I think morally it's wrong. If you come to an employment agreement, you should be able to, you, sh you should pay what you offer people that you're going to pay them. You come to an arrangement, you pay them what you owe them. That's it. End of story. But if you're going to be a dick, you have some legal ground to do so. And again, that's where legality and morality get kind of blurry in this case. But at the end of the day, let's say this employee isn't doing a good job. Let's say they're slacking off. They just know that they're one of the few in the area who will take the work, and so their half-assed job is better than nothing. And you're getting sick of it. And you talk to them, and they don't get better. And so you report them. I don't know, man. I, I think that you know, this is getting increasingly uh, this is getting increasingly more and more fishy. You know, Justin's made a couple of posts in the last few days, and it's true. Now, the Democratic Party is completely open about who they are. They're socialists. The vast majority of them are socialists. The establishment Democrat, like even Obama, doesn't even exist anymore. You're not going to accelerate. Pelosi, Schumer, these old people in there, they're going to be out of here very, very soon. They're either going to die while they're in office, or they're going to be taken out by another AOC wannabe. That's just what's going to happen. This is the direction they're going in. They're completely wide open about it. They don't care about our, our sovereignty. They don't. They don't care about immigration. They want open borders. That's what they want because it buys them votes. Because like I mentioned before, when it came to President Trump and his stance on Venezuela, a lot of Venezuelan Americans are now turning Republican. Like this is a thing because they appreciate how he has treated their situation. So as they continue to lose the minority bases that they'd already accrued since Lyndon B. Johnson's welfare state program, since that happened, they're looking for other voters. And the best way to entice new voters is, again, to say, get here, we will give you free stuff. You don't have to pay anything. It's literally a sick trade and a sick joke. But that's what's happening. If you have half a brain, it's very, very easy to see. But most people don't. Most people, I posted something in the group that was kind of popular over the weekend. about a couple walking on the beach in sunshine. I'm like, do you like to think? No, I don't either. And then it shows something about people being sheep. Because it's true. They just turn on the news. And they believe everything that they see on NBC, CNN, whatever. And this is what it leads to. Stuff like this. We're losing our state, not just our state, but our national sovereignty with stupid pieces of legislation like this. And again, with what's passed in the last few weeks, what's to say this isn't going to pass? This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. 
Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforallocasions.com. Anyway, last thing we're going to talk about today. The Reproductive Health Act has ensured that a murderer is not going to be charged with the Mojave side. So I hope I don't um, abuse her name. Uh, Jennifer Irigoyen was a 35-year-old mother of a 12-year-old boy from a previous relationship and five months pregnant at the time of her death. Irigoyen and her unborn child were murdered on February 3rd, less than two weeks after the Reproductive Health Act went into effect. Her boyfriend, 48-year-old Anthony Hobson, turned himself into the 104th Precinct in Ridgewood, New York, and was arrested for the murder. He was initially charged with murder, tampering with evidence, abortion, and criminal possession of a weapon. But the abortion charge was later dropped. Why was the abortion charge dropped? I wonder. We only went over this for like an entire week, a couple weeks back. A spokesperson for the district attorney told the Post, the New York Post, that the abortion charge, quote, was repealed by the legislature, and this is the law as it exists today. The bill removed um, protections for, quote, wanted children by removing abortion from the criminal code. Could Hudson have gotten, and this is a good question posed in the article, could Hudson have gotten away with just the lesser charges had he only stabbed and killed Irigoyen's unborn child? So in other words, could he have gotten off scot-free, well not scot-free, but could he have just done a limited amount of time if he stabbed her and had only killed the baby with the intention, the sole intention of killing the baby? Maybe that was what he was looking to do. I don't know. I didn't look at crime scene photos. I didn't look too much into this because... Murder is creepy. I don't understand, especially when it's a loved one, you know, someone you're in a relationship with, presumably the child's father, killing the woman and your unborn child. That's just psychopathy. That's all that is. You're a sociopath. You know, you you deserve to be put away at the bare minimum for life. And it's times like these where Andrew Cuomo's stance on the death penalty is so hypocritical. We can kill a child up the term. No problem. Late abortions, uh, late, I'm sorry, third trimester abortions, last minute abortions. That's cool. Doesn't have to be done by a a doctor. That's okay. But we can't kill an inmate who does something terrible like this. Yeah, this guy succeeded not only killing the child, but killing the mother of his child. It's sick. It's absolutely disgraceful. And had the Reproductive Health Act not gotten into law, it was up to 24 weeks, so that's six months. This woman was five months pregnant. He would have gotten the abortion charge. He would have gotten double homicide. He would have went away for a long time. But no, that's not going to happen. He's only probably going to be charged with homicide. Some of the other charges are read. That baby's life means absolutely nothing in, our New York, in the New York State legal code. I, mean, I don't even know what to say to that. That is... One of the most egregious things I thought I'd ever say or, or, or think about. That the state that I grew up in, the state I live in, the state that I love for some reason still, despite what's gone on here in recent years. This state makes it okay to kill an unborn child. Not just legally, through legal means, through an abortion, a late-term abortion, or an at-term abortion, excuse me. 
if you're a crazy person, like this guy was, you can stab your wife and hope she lives and the child dies. What's going to happen? A battery charge? Maybe? Like, what happens? That's a great question. What, it, what would have happened to him had she survived? And what, it, and what would have happened if he said, yeah, I was just trying to kill the child. She didn't want to give it up, but I couldn't do it for whatever the reason. You know, in the state, it's not just physical stuff. Because again, any physical issues the mother may run into as a result of the pregnancy would have come up well before the third trimester, well before term. It would have happened. So she can pose mental trauma. I'm not ready to have it. I don't have the money. This is freaking me out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I may like smother it with a pillow if, if I bring it home, which I don't know what I'm going to do. You could say that. Now you can get off with doing something this egregious. You know, it's sickening. We talked about it when it happened. A lot of people are emotional about it, rightfully so. And this is one of those rare instances where morality, like just basic morality on either side, you know, morality varies based upon if you're conservative or liberal. It does. But this should not be, this should not be in a gray area. This should not be on one side or the other. This is about human life. And our state, and many states in the Union, but our state where we live, this is a New York show after all, our state doesn't care about it. It doesn't. This maniac who deserves to be killed, and I hope he is in prison. I'll go on record as saying that. I can't believe that somebody who killed the mother of his child, someone he was in a relationship with, that's bad enough. The fact that she was pregnant five months, he killed the baby too, and he's only being charged with taking one life, that really says something about the state of our state, and it really shows that we need to do something about it. We were complacent during the midterms, got destroyed almost across the board, and we need to come out in 2020, and that's what we're here for. We at Empire State Conservative Network, we've already brought some great minds to you. We have many in the works, actually. We have two guests coming on Tuesday and Friday of this week. You'll learn more about them in the next few hours. But we need to get out the vote in 2020 and beyond. We can't do anything about Cuomo unless he gets criminal charges until 2022. Nothing we can do about him from a voter perspective. But there are plenty of state legislators and senators that we can do something about in 2020. And we better damn well do something about. If this one act, just the one act, I mean, the SAFE Act 2 is bad enough. If you're a gun owner, it's terrible. The DREAM Act literally shows how wasted your taxpayer dollars are because it's not going for anything for your benefit. It's going to the benefit of people who don't even belong here. That's what that's for. And the Reproductive Health Act, which in my opinion is the worst of all of them, because it doesn't value human life. We can argue immigration until the cows come home. We can can argue gun rights until the cows come home. And those things are important, by the way. I'm not saying they're not. But when it comes to taking the life of something, a boy or girl, that is completely helpless, it's literally inside another, taking that life when it has no say and no power to fight back or to decide for itself, just like you or I have the ability to decide for ourselves, just like the mother in that case who would for some reason want to abort the baby. 
why she has that right and the baby doesn't. You know, the second we start prioritizing whose life is more important, like those terrible questions, you're on a train track and it's only going in one of two directions or it's going to crash and you got to pick, you got to run over a baby or five old people, who do you go with? You don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. So anyway, guys, please help support us. There's a couple of ways you can do that. For starters, please subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, however you're watching or listening to this. And please leave us a five-star review where applicable. It really helps. And please share it. Share it with other Empire State conservatives like yourself who would appreciate the message, who are going to fight and stand up with us because, trust me, we need all the help we can get with the lunacy that's going on, even the stuff I laid out today. Murderer gets off scot-free for killing an unborn child. He's just being charged with the murder of the mother. We're going to be paying inmates, people who committed crimes to the point that they're in prison. We're going to be paying them more money because, you know, we don't have a $2.3 billion budget deficit or anything. Because guess what? People are leaving. 84,000 more people left New York State last year than came in. And we started off the show... Oh, I'm sorry. That was the first thing. The the second thing we talked about was um, how employers will no longer be able to threaten deportation or report their workers to ICE. Wow. (laughs) Now, if that's not revealing of what's going on, I don't know what is. So we need your support. Please, again, subscribe, review, comment, and share. That's really going to help. That's all the stuff you can do for free. And we're going to be bringing more great minds on the conservative front, local, state, federal level, to you. So you can get a better grasp, you can hear their perspectives, so we can spread the word. That really helps us spread the word. If you can afford to, if you're watching or listening to this, there's a good chance that we paid for you to find us. Justin, Evan, and myself have been paying monthly, Facebook, Google, all over the place, to get people to find us to listen to us, to watch our stuff. It's not cheap. We're not millionaires. None of us are rolling in it. We live in three of the most highly taxed places in the state. So it's not cheap. And we're doing this because of our passion and because we want to take the state back. We don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to think about moving to Texas or somewhere like that. It's not feasible, A. And B, we don't want to give up. We don't have to give up. If we anoint the right people into office, we can take the state back. And it won't be too long before we can repeal a lot of the crap that has been pushed forth since this new state senate and Governor Cuomo started his third term. We can do it, but we need to get out there and vote, and we need good people running for office, which which unfortunately we had a lack of last time around in 2018. But we're going to bring you good incumbents, and good challengers getting into 2020. But until then, please, if you can consider donating just $5 a month, you'll get a free Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom wristband. You're also going to get access to our mailbag, which we do every Friday. So every Friday's show is often run by our donors. We send out an email that morning, hey, what would you like us to cover? You tell us, and we'll cover it. This past Friday, we talked about the Green New Deal and how the mainstream media was extremely hypocritical in its coverage when it was a giant sham and hilarious. That was from one of our donors. And we're going to continue to do that as time goes on. So 
If you want to do that, just $5 a month, you can do that by going to our website, empirestakeconservativenetwork.com forward slash donate. Or if you can afford just a one-time $50 donation for the year, not only do you get the wristband, not only do you get mailbag access, but you also get a free, I actually think it's right here. Yep. You get a free Empire State Conservative Network hoodie. All right, it's probably... Yeah, whatever. You get the drift. It has our logo right here on the front. Name and number on the back. This is just a regular original one, which you can get on our website. But it has your name and number on the back. Size is small, the 5XL. And we're, we're charging $60 on the website for that. We're charging only $1.50 for these on the website. But with shipping, you're going to be paying over $70 if you buy it in our store. So for $50, bucks, you are getting about $20 off. And you get access to our mailbag every single Friday. It's a good deal. Please consider supporting us. It would really help us out. And we're just doing it to cover costs. We're not doing it to make money or anything like that. It's just, like I said, it's not cheap to advertise on Facebook and Google. And any way we can offset the investments that we're putting in will be highly appreciated. So for that, I am Pete. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. Have a great night. Evan and I will be coming at you with a special guest tomorrow. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.